given to us to lead. And, and really that's kind of, man, what, what, a, what a great couple studies so far, just really looking at who Jesus designed us to be. There was one passage that when Sandy was sharing that just kept coming to my mind. It was Romans 8.29. I was sharing it with, the, with our men's study last Tuesday. And in and, and, and Romans 8.29 it says this, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Guys, your destiny is to become like Jesus. That's, that's God's design. That's God's plan for your life. And what, 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 a, what a picture uh, Sandy just gave us of, of what Jesus looked like and, and, and what he was. And, and that, that was, that, that's really God's design and plan for us as men, that, that we would have all of those qualities, that we would, we would, we would take the role and the responsibility of being who he created us to be. And so that's, that, that's really the picture. I, I, I wanted to look at the life of Samson. And so if you have a Bible, would you open up the book of Judges? We're going to begin in chapter 14, and we're just going to skim the life of Samson. Samson is an incredible character. We, um, we, we, we get the setting. You, you see, Israel had been under oppression from the Philistines. And the reason they were under oppression is because they had walked away from the Lord once again. They, they had, had this, just this, this habit of you know, every, everything going good, walking with the Lord. And then once the next judge dies off, they just kind of reverted right back to their old lifestyle because there was no leader. Because there was no one to stand and, and, and make a, a, a course or a direction or a standard for them. And so they just kind of revert right back into their old life, their old their old idolatry, their old sin, they, they, they would just kind of uh, continue down that path. And what's interesting, they, they had been under the oppression of the Philistines for, for, many, for many years. In chapter 13, uh, verse 5, just kind of backing up a little bit, we find that in the middle of that oppression, God shows up and he speaks to Samson's mom. And, and this is what God says Two sentences. Well, look at verse 5 of chapter 13. He says, For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Guys, here's, here's, here's what struck me as you read that passage. From Samson's birth, I, let, let me even correct that before Samson was even born God had already had a calling on his life God had already had a plan for his life and I and I think that's true of you and me as men matter of fact we're told that in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 Paul says it like this he says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ check this out just as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love before the foundations of the world God had already called you to be his man, 
You have a calling. You've been chosen. And that ultimate conclusion is that you become in the image of his son. That, that's what God's working in your life right now. He, he, all of the trials, the tribulations, experiences, struggles, goods, bads, all of it together, God is working those things together to make you the man that he wants you to be. And he's chosen you from the foundations of the world before you ever born to accomplish that and to fulfill that. We know then in chapter, in chapter 14, uh, in the first few verses, you, we, we, we get a, a little bit of uh, what's going on in Samson's life. There in chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Samson went down to Timnah, and he saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. And he went up, and he, and he told his father and his mother, saying, I've seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. And his father and his mother said to him, if there is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife for the, for, from the uncircumcised Philistine? And Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she pleases me well. <laughs> Man, he, he, was, he was pretty intent. But verse 4 is interesting because it says this. But his father and his mother did not know that it was of the Lord that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines for all that time the Philistine had dominion over Israel. Guys, that passage, I, I wrestled with it. I just kind of like, wait, wait, a second, wait a second. He's going to Timnah amongst the Philistines to go find a wife and, and mom and dad are giving him counsel, don't go there. Find a, find a woman here. And he goes, no, I like that one. That's the chick. <laughs> I spotted her, I want her. And, and, and what's interesting is, is it says that, that they didn't understand that it was God that had put that there because God wanted to do something to undermine the Philistine rule in the nation of Israel. Guys, I, I, I'm still wrestling with it. I'm like, like you know, wait, wait, wait a second. God put that in the heart of, of, of Samson to like this woman who was forbidden by, by all, all of, of God's commands in order to do that. And, and here, here's, here's, I, I think, uh, one of the lessons that I walked away from that, guys, is that, you know what? God will place things on our heart. And as long as we're walking in the spirit with those things and not in the flesh... Those same qualities that God has given you, man, and, 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 I, and, I, and, I, and I think those qualities that, that God has instilled in you as a man are, are in, amazing if they're under the rule of the Holy Spirit. But they're your worst enemy if they're under the rule of your flesh. If you have passion, man, that with God's power, man, you, 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 you can... You can Rock and do amazing things for the kingdom. But if you have passion and you're using those passions for the things of the flesh, man, it'll, it'll be your demise. Those same qualities 
If, if, if Samson at this point was going, man, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're leading me here. But one of the things we do know in this whole passage is that Samson was filled with the Spirit. Look, 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 look at verse Look at verse 5 there. We, we, we left off there. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and his mother, and he came to a, the vineyards of Timnah. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. Watch this. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand but he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. That's a man. <laughs> he goes, he, that, that lion was like a little goat in his hands. He, you know, he just, he just tore this thing apart. And, and what's amazing in this picture is that it was the spirit of the Lord that came upon him. You see, God was doing something. And God may be doing something in your life, man, and and. You have to surrender whatever that is to the power of the Holy Spirit if you're going to ever see what God wants to fulfill or what God has, has planned for your life. Because if you're going you're gonna to try to do this in your own power, you're going to try to do it in the flesh, man, you, you will make a mess of it. Guaranteed. You see, this is a God thing. And, and, and God was attempting to uh, uh, do the, the, this great, incredible task through the life of Samson. If you were to read all of chapter 14 and all of chapter 15, we, we, we find, you know, Samson goes in, he, he um, gives a riddle. He, he was quite a poet. You ever get a chance to, you know, this big, well, I, I kind of don't think Samson was like the pictures either. You're kind of like Jesus in the pictures that, that Sandy just shared. You know, you see Samson, like, you know, looks like Hulk Hogan, the gate over his head. No one knew where his strength lied. Delilah's going to say that. Hey, go find out where his strength lies. Now, if, if he was muscular, they wouldn't have been asking where his strength lied. They would have said, look at his muscles. I think he was the scrawniest guy in town. <laughs> and they couldn't figure it out, man. They were just like, what in the world <laughs> is up with this dude? Where does he get that strength from? He looks like Pipeye or something. And we want to know where his spinach is, right? Or the, you kind of get this idea that, that he wasn't all that when, it, when you're reading the text. And once again, Samson goes through all of these, the, these events. And then we come to chapter 16. Again, we're, 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 we are, we're, we're going through this quickly. But look at chapter 16. And here's where the first time that, that, we, that we really get a, a strong indication that Samson was doing all of this in his own power. And it seems like it was, a, it was a gradual, a gradual decline in the life of Samson. There, there was a time when the Spirit of God was working mightily and powerfully. He was defeating the enemy. But chapter 16, it tells us, and Samson went to Gaza, and he saw a harlot there, and he went into her. And when the Gazites told, were told Samson was, was come here. He surrounded the place and he laid in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They, they were quiet all night saying, in the morning when he, it is daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. And he arose at midnight. He took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two gate posts pulled them up 
bar and all, put them on his shoulders, and he carried them to the top of the hill that faced Hebron. Now, now you know, here's, 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 here's a young man. He, he has grown up uh, in a godly home. We, we know that from chapter 13 that his mom and dad were, were you know, seeking the Lord even before he was born. And uh, the angel Lord came and told him that you're going to have a son. He's to be a Nazarite from, from, from birth before he's ever born. You're not, as mom, not even to drink anything, not even grape juice, any kind of wine because he's to be set apart. That, that means that his life was to be, you know, dedicated to the things of God. A Nazarite vow, his, never cutting his hair because his life was to be a life Life that was dedicated to the Lord. And then you find him in chapter 16 going into a harlot. And you go, what's up with that? And Samson is at the point in his life where his passions and his desires were dictating what he would do and what was acceptable rather than the Lord. And I'll tell you, man, I, 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 I've had to do too many counseling appointments with men that... that God has anointed them and, and, and used them and then to find out, man, that they had given in to the lust of their flesh and disqualified. Put them on the bench, put them on the sidelines from God, what God designed and what God intended for their life. And here we're looking at Samson. He's, he's still in this point where, he, you know, you ask the question, what was he doing in Gaza? What, 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 you know, what, what, you had to go to the hardware store or something? If you know you have a problem, he's already, he's already you know, getting his eye caught by Philistine women. If you have a problem with Philistine women, you don't go to Gaza. It was, it was just a loose, very, very immoral city, and, and it was one of the major cities of the Philistines. And, and here, here's, here we find Samson hanging out in Gaza. It didn't sound like he went there to find a heart. It didn't sound like he was just kind of there and there she was. Guys, if you know you have a weakness, don't put yourself in a place of compromise. If you have a problem drinking, don't go to the bar to get a 7-Up. If, if, there's, if, there's, if there's something in you know, man, that you know what, that, that, that's, that's an area that, that the enemy has, has messed with me in the past. That's an area that, that, has, that is, you know, I've struggled with. It's an area where I found myself in, in past times, uh, you know, maybe kind of trapped in. Man, I, I want nothing to do with it. I'm going to stay as far away from Gaza as I can. It's not how close to the line I can get. It's how far away from the line can I stay. And I think here's where Samson blows it, man. He was already vulnerable in his life to this area of sexual, his, his, his promiscuous, being promiscuous. He, he was already vulnerable in this area. He, we had already seen that in chapter 14. But here he finds himself in Gaza and, and he goes into this harlot. And I think the scariest part about this account is that Samson gets away with it. 
He gets away with it. Midnight, kind of, you know, maybe, maybe just kind of was aware, you know what, these guys are surrounding me. He kind of, kind of finds a way out. And right, right, everyone is asleep. He gets the bars of the city. You see, the, guard, the bars of the city were, was the, the safety for the city. And when they closed the gates, man, no one goes in, no one goes out. And here, here's Samson. He literally picks the gates up, the gates of the city, puts them on his shoulder. Hebron, some 30 miles away, carries them all the way to the hill of Hebron. And we don't know if it was a 30-mile hike with those gates, but we know that he, he made it up a hill with gates on his shoulder. Tosses the gates and goes home. And, 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 and I think the scariest part of that is that he was mistaking God's grace for God's approval. God rescued him from that situation and somehow he thought God somehow overlooked it and it was no big deal. Because I think one of the most dangerous things that you and I can face is when we get away with our sin and we think somehow we're justified because we didn't get caught. Somehow that, that I got out of the circumstance or I got out of the situation so it must be okay. And because Samson came to that place in his life, man, that seed of, of, of rebellion never got dealt with. You see, the, the Bible says it like this, man. Sin is, 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 is your worst enemy and my worst enemy. It's, it's the thing that separates us from God. It's the thing that destroys Families, homes, relationships. Sin, sin is, and, and, and I'll tell you, man, I, I, I've come to the point where, man, I just hate sin. I hate sin. I, 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 hate, I hate that, that I'm a sinner. <laughs> I, I hate that I, that, I even, that, I, that I even would, you know, think that that's somehow good. But, but if sin wasn't fun, we, none of us would, would go there, would we? James says it like this in James chapter 1 in the 14th verse. He says, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and he's enticed. Then when his desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And that sin conceived in, in the heart of Samson, man, was never aborted. It, it, it was never removed. You see, Samson got away with it, and now it's just going to grow a little bit more and a little bit more. And God, by his grace, man, will warn us, and he'll warn us, and he'll warn us. But if we won't heed the warning, man, then the consequences have to come. And those consequences come because he loves you. Because you die in that state of rebellion to God, man, then, you, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a place of, of, you know, hopelessness. So it's an incredible picture because would you come to, chapter, to, to, the, to the very next verse, I think by this time, Samson's so blinded to what's even going on around him. He, he has no spiritual sight. No, notice, notice verse 4. And it says, afterwards it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. 
And the lords of the Philistines came to her, and he said to her, entice him and find out where his great strength lies. And by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him and afflict him, and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. He fell in love with another Philistine woman, it appears. Delilah, her, her, two, there's two different interpretations for the name of Delilah. One is a devotee, and some believe because of it that she was a, a temple prostitute. Now, it never says that she was a prostitute. The, the, the woman he had visited earlier in Gaza was a prostitute, but this gal, we, 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 we have no knowledge that she was a prostitute. The other interpretation for her name is to weaken or to impoverish. To weaken or to impoverish. And Delilah was going to live up to her name. Because <laughs> she was going to take this strong man who's able to, 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 to wipe out thousands of men at a time. And she was going to weaken him to the point that he had no power. It's interesting that this whole time, this whole time, Satan is looking for an opportunity to take Samson out. Satan was on the prowl. And I, I, I want you guys to understand very clearly, men, that Satan would love nothing more than to take you out. Tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion. Watch this, seeking whom he may devour. That's what he does. He's, he's waiting for the opportunity. He can just get you in that compromising moment one more time. Maybe this would be the time where you would finally be taken out. And it's exactly what's going on with Samson. Delilah's there. There's a plot made. There's already some money exchanged. If, if you trap him, man, we'll make you a rich woman. You will, you'll never have to work another day in your life. And the trap was set. Now, you... you um, you know, you, 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 look, you look at that. Look, look at verse 6. And Delilah said to Samson, Please, tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Somehow when a woman says it's supposed to be better, tell me, what is it going to take to wipe you out, Samson? <laughs> I mean, it's comical because you think at this point, you know, kind of like the, the red lights would flash in Samson's head. This chick wants to kill me. Run. <laughs> Tell me, what does it take for, for me to afflict you, baby? <laughs> Now, it's interesting. Samson actually responds to her. He says, and Samson said to her, if you buy me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dry, then I shall become weak and I'll be like any other man. And the Lord of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. 
Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room, and she said to him, the Philistines are coming upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire, so the secrets of his strength was not known. Now, you, 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 you would think after, after, after that attempt, <laughs> she's got guys waiting in the room. They're hiding under the bed. They're behind the couch. <laughs> she's tied them up. Here they come, Samson. He breaks it all. I mean, you you kind of get the picture. He, he kind of wipes out the guys that are in the room. And, and, and that wasn't a warning enough for Samson. Did you, you see, guys, the, the, the more you embrace sin, the harder it is to be freed from it. The better, the better grip it gets upon your life. And even though the warning after warning after warning is there, man, it, 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 you're blinded to it at some point. And it, it appears that at this point, Samson is blinded to what's happening around him. You see, I, 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 was, I was hooked on drugs at one point. I, I, I escaped trouble after trouble after trouble, and I thought because I escaped the trouble, I was just smarter than everybody else. I wasn't going to get caught. I wasn't going to get busted. You know, because, uh, you know, and, and God was warning me and warning me and warning me and warning me. And then, you know, you just think that, you know, somehow, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little brighter than everybody else. And I think that was Samson's problem. He thought, you know what? I'll never get caught. They'll, they'll never do anything to me. He thought he was invincible. Well, watch, look, look at the next verse. What, what an incredible picture here. Verse 10. And Delilah said to him, look, you've mocked me. And you've told me lies. Now, please tell me what you may bound, be bound with. Guys, I, <laughs> it's comical, but it's reality. Because even though you've escaped one trap and you've escaped another trap, man, and God, by his grace and by his mercy, allowed you to get out of them, you think that somehow you'll never be defeated by them. Samson still entertaining this whole conversation. He said to her, if they find me securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. And therefore Delilah took the new ropes and she bound them. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And the men were lying in wait, staying in the room. But he broke them off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said to Samson, until now you have mocked me. And you've told me lies. Tell me, by what may you be bound with? And he said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head in the web of a loom, so she wove it tightly <laughs> with the 
batten the balloon. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and he pulled out the batten and the web from the loom. And she said to him, how can you say that you love me, honey? Wow. (laughs) This is one persistent woman. Let me tell you something, man. We fight one persistent enemy. He, he, he does not relent. He, he does not care. His only goal is to destroy what God wants to do in your life, man. And if you're not aware of that, I don't think Samson was, was it, maybe he was even aware of it, but he, but he, he didn't think it would, it would ever happen to him. And so he kept flirting with sin. He kept compromising And it's at this point, well, check this out. How can you say that you love me when your heart is not with me? You've mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words. And she pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. (laughs) That's... That, that's, well, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> this is say she was nagging. And she had a gift. And he told her all his heart. He said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, come up one more time. And he told me all of his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came and up to her and, and brought the money in their hand. She lured him to sleep on her knees, called for a man, got the barber there, to shave off the seven locks of his head, and he began to torment him, and his strength had left him, and the Philistine are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep, And he said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. And here's the saddest verse in the whole Bible, guys. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He did not even know that at this point in his life that God was no longer going to fight that battle for him. Because he had compromised himself so far, so bad, that God said, okay, enough is enough. And there's a line that you will cross that God will say, if that's what you want to do, man, you want your flesh to rule you, then go for it. Go for it. You don't want to, you don't want to abort that sin. You, you, you want to continue to cling on to that. And, it, and what it's going to produce is death. And if that's what you want to do, then go for it. And Samson, at this point in his life, had reached his all-time low. 
And I, I, I there's, there's two things that, that man, I, I, when, I, when I was reading this, I was like, man, how, how is it as man? How do we practically look at that and go, man, I, I don't ever want to go there in my life. I don't want to wake up one day and say, man, God's, I, I don't even know where he's at. I have no relationship with him. I, I don't even know if I know him. He's departed from me. And it was, it was like all of a sudden he realizes it. It didn't happen that day, guys. It was a gradual decline of the spiritual life of Samson. And can you imagine what kind of effect Samson could have had in the nation of Israel and the defeating of the Philistines if he would have just surrendered his heart and his life over to the Lord? Could you imagine what kind of impact he could have had for generations to come if he would have just said, you know what, God, I want you to guide me, not my flesh to rule me. I, 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 thought, I, I got two points that I would like you guys to consider. I think number one is the, the way you defeat that is you, you delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Man, make, make, make that the priority of your life. You know what, man? I, I, I'm, I'm going to spend time with God every day so that I have his heart and his perspective. And when you do that, man, something will change. Not outwardly, it will change inwardly. It tells us in Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Bring it to pass. You delight yourself in the Lord, and He's going to give you the desires of the heart. Here's the thing, man the desires of your heart are going to change. It's not going to be the desire for the flesh to be gratified. It's going to be, God, how can I live for you? And God wants to give you the desires of your heart, He just wants your desires to be His heart. He wants, he wants your desires to be in line with what He has created you to be. And I, the second thing was, was that, guys, we've we, we got to crucify this flesh. We've got to crucify this flesh. Your flesh wants to rule you. It's a war. We, we, can, we can blame on the devil all day long, but the reality is we've we, we got our own enemy living inside of us. Tells us in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, and verse 24, it says, Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Guys, we gotta take that flesh and we, 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 gotta, we gotta nail it to the cross. You see, somewhere along the line, Samson's plans became more important than God's plans. Samson's will had become more important than God's will. And that may be true of you this, this, this morning. And you know it. You, you wrestle against it but, it, but but the reality is you're still feeding that flesh. You're still giving it oxygen. You're still giving it life. You're, you're, still, you're still making sure that its desires are, are, are being 
satisfied and gratified. And the only way you'll ever do it, you gotta starve it, man. You gotta starve the flesh, its desires, its passions. It's interesting that they take Samson and they pluck both of his eyes out. They put him in feathers. They just kind of marched him around, kind of a trophy. He'd become the, the laughing stock of the Philistines, become the disgrace of the Israelites. He was supposed to be their hero, their warrior, their prophet, the, 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 the judge that was, that was supposed to lead them out of bondage, and here he was in bondage. It got so bad. Look, look at verse 23. Well, verse 21, let me just take that account. The Philistines took him, they put out his eyes and they brought him down to Gaza and they bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. There's a whole sermon right there. What does sin do? It blinds you, it binds you, and it grinds you. That's exactly what had happened to Samson. And all that had happened, what had already happened spiritually was now being evident Physically. He had been blinded to his sin, and because he'd been blinded to his sin, now he was blinded to, to anything that this world he would, he would never see again. And I, I, I thought it was also an interesting uh, note here is that in the middle of all of this, man, God wasn't done with the life of Samson. God, God, God still is a God of redemption. Samson, it tells us in, in verse 23, the lords of the Philistines that gathered together in a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and they rejoiced and they said, our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. And when the people saw him, they praised their God for they had said, our God has delivered him into our hands, our enemy and destroyer of our land and the one who multiplied our dead and so it happened when their hearts were merry and they said call for Samson that he may perform for us so they called for Samson from the prison and they performed for them they stationed him between two pillars and Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand let me fill the pillars which support the temple so I can lean on them and the temple was full of men and women all the lords of the Philistines were there about 3,000 men, women of the roof, on the roof, watching while Samson performed, and Samson called to the Lord. Guys, it's somewhere Samson began to see again. Not physically, but he began to see again spiritually. And now he's calling to the Lord, and, and he prays. For the first time since, since, since any of the, Samson only played two times in, 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 those, in those four chapters that, that cover his life. Two times. Once because he was so thirsty for water. He says, God, if you give me water, I'm going to die. And then this is, this, is the, this is the second prayer that Samson prays. And watch his prayer. Samson called to the Lord and he said, oh, Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. 
just this once, O oh God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself again then against them, one in his right hand and the other in his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all of the people who were in it, so the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. Wow. I, I, I want you to consider, just as, as, I, as I wrap this up, I want, I want you to consider a couple of things. Samson was raised in a godly home. He was ordained by God. He was called to be a deliverer. He was set apart for God's purposes, and he wasted his life. And that may be where some of us are. God has called you. You may have a, a heritage, grandparents, parents, man, who, who try to push you in the way of the Lord, and, and somehow you resisted and you fought against it. And it's not too late. It's not too late. Good, guys, I, 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 I pose this question to you. What are you doing with the call of God on your life? What are you doing with it? Are you wasting it? Are you using it for his glory? You've been called. I think there was, there, was, there was a second takeaway from here, and he's the God of second chances. I, I, I love that Randall last night talked about Jonah, the God of second chances. He, you know, after being swollen, spit up on Nineveh, and God's going, okay, go do what I told you to do. Here, here's Samson. You know, he, he, even though it was going to be the last feat he ever did, he was going to go out with a bang. He was going to go out with all of his heart doing what he knew he should have been doing the whole time, asking God, for strength, and for wisdom. And maybe you've blown it so many times, and it cost you your marriage, your children, your job, your career, your life. And God's still right here waiting for you, man. He's knocking on your heart saying, I'm the God of second chances. It's not too late. It's not too late. God loves you. And he can restore what the enemy has ripped off. I, I remember, see, I got saved when I was 12 years old. And I walked away. I was probably a little younger than I was 10 when I was 12 years old. And my dad was a partier. And so I thought, man, it would be fun, to, better to hang out with dad than mom. Mom, mom was a Christian. Dad, dad was a partier. My dad, me and my dad used to get high together, drank together, snorted coke together. You see, and I, and I thought somehow that life was going to be great, way, way funner than what my mom had had. had raised me in and what I knew to be true. And for 10 years, 11 years of my life, man, I, I, I walked away from God. And I always, I always felt, man, you know what? I got ripped off for 11 years of my life. I got ripped off by the enemy for 11 years. And, and, and it, when I remember getting saved and all I thought, man, well, what, I wasted 11 years I could, but what would God have done in my life had I not went down that path? Had I not 
given in to sin and given in to my own desires and my, the influences around me. And I remember reading this verse in Joel chapter 2, verse 25. It's, God says this, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. I'll restore to you the years that the enemy has ripped you off. And I held on to that verse, God. Restore those that left years that were wasted in my life. Guys, God can restore whatever the enemy's ripped off if you'll just surrender it to him. If you'll just say, God, I give. I need you to take over my life. And before we close, men, before we conclude here today, and I want to pray. I want to pray for you. Maybe you find yourself in that same battle, man. There's some sin that's got a grip on your life, and God has been warning you and warning you and warning you, man. And today's the day when God's saying, all right, man, are you, are you really willing to do business? Are you really willing to say, God, I surrender. I, I want to crucify this flesh, and I want to live my life for you. Or maybe it's you for, for the second or third or fourth or fifth chance, man, because God is there with open arms and he loves you and he wants to restore to you what's been ripped off from you. And if that's you this morning, man, I'm gonna ask you just very quick, we're gonna wrap it up. We got some fun events set up, but before we, get, get, before we move on, if you're here today, man, and it's time to make a, a decision to restore, to repent, to get right with God, to abort something that you know is You've been flirting with for a long time, and it's time to just give it up, man. I'm going to ask you, man, stand up right now. I want to pray for you. You know who you are. Just real quick. Just, just, you know. You know. God bless you guys, man. Bless you guys. Anybody else? We're going to pray right now. Anybody else you know? Father, I thank you for these men. God, I thank you that you're still speaking to us today. And Lord, you right now, God, have a plan for each and every one of these guys. God, would you, would you empower them with your spirit? God, would you give them the ability to delight themselves in you? And God, would you, Lord, restore what Satan has stolen. And God, would you allow them to be the men you've designed them to be? Let them be conformed into the image of your son and may your purposes, God, be accomplished in their life. We ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you, man. We have, uh, Jason's gonna fill you guys in. Now, they just tell you, these guys are nuts.